A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. the center of the galaxy. This is a Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. Here we are, pressing forward. Some Rogue One information slipping out this week. Did you hear what Mads, what Mads said? Mads Michelson? Or is it Mickelson? I always get confused. 
the villain from Casino Royale. That's how I connect with him the most. Mads, good old Mads, let it slip what his character was in Rogue One. I won't reveal it here in case you haven't heard. I clicked on the story after JTE over at Screen Junkies and Schmoes No read the story for me and said, I don't think it affects the plot too much. I read it. I spoiled myself. And I'm okay with it. I don't think it's that big. If you haven't had a chance, uh, go ahead and click on the story if you want. If you're totally spoiler-free, you don't want to have any surprises, go for it. Uh, I took a chance. Sometimes you just sometimes it just overcomes you. Sometimes those clickbait articles or the big things that come out, you're like, I don't want to, but I'm going to. I'm so excited for Rogue One. I needed to. And it's and it's it's key information. I'll definitely say that. It could. I could sit down in the movie come next December and think, I wish I didn't know this. But it's a risk I took, and uh, I actually like it. I think it adds some intrigue. I think I'm good with it. But I might not be clicking on any more stories. Nothing else. Nothing else. I just wanted to mention it. Didn't want to bring it up. That was some big stuff this week. Ryan Johnson, the director of episode 8, of course, is uh, putting stuff on his Tumblr page. Hard to avoid sometimes. You see them on Twitter, Facebook, the pictures, uh, and they're set photos, and they're nice. I think you can click on those. If you haven't already and you don't want to know anything, fine, but if you haven't already and you're, you're open to seeing some cool pictures, I totally think it just builds anticipation. It doesn't spoil anything, at least to me. Now, if you click on it and you think, Napsack, you're an a-hole, fair enough. Fair enough, but I like the stuff. It got me geeked up. It's excited. I actually, for the first time, lamented and felt a little little downtrodden that the fact that Episode 8 is coming out in December 2017 and not May 2017 as originally thought. Uh, I was okay with that move at the time. made sense to me. Do these uh, one a year. It seemed really quick to go from Rogue One straight into Episode 8 in May, but uh, I was okay with it now. Seeing the pictures, I'm, I'm kind of excited. Ryan Johnson, a lot of faith in Johnson. I think this is going to be great. Some of the, the, the interviews I'm coming out about people saying, oh, he's doing weird things in the Star Wars universe, stuff like we've never seen before. It's getting me excited. And, and the photos he's releasing a little tiny snapshots. I don't think that's anything anything related to even close to spoilers. But again, I could be wrong. Uh, but it's definitely building up. Um anticipation for this movie and it's fun it's exciting which is what i want to talk about today is the fun of being a fan and why i think it's important to always come from a angle of celebration that's why i think they call it star wars celebrations right we enjoy this stuff we like this stuff and and i want to celebrate it i'm in the middle of the media discussion world we can nitpick we can tear apart i do Every frame of the Rogue One trailer I watched slowly. Watched the trailer many times. Or sometimes I'll just put on the trailer. If I'm feeling a little down or feeling a little bored or just want to get the excitement bugs rolling again, I I click on that Rogue One trailer and uh, have a lot of fun watching it. So I'm part of it. I don't want to say I'm guilty. I'm just part of it. This is my career. This is what I do five days a week at Screen Junkies. Defy Media. Produce shows that are kind of classified in the media discussion realm. It's what we're doing. We're debating about movies. We're talking about movies. Even Honest Trailers. A lot of people look at Honest Trailers as uh, we, we see articles linking back, which we love the articles that link back to the Honest Trailers over at Screen Chunkies, but sometimes we're, we get a little, little, little upset that some of the articles are like, ah, oh, the team at Screen Junkies and Honest Trailers really slayed this movie. 
I can assure you, Andy Signore, Dan Marl, Spencer Gilbert, the whole team over there, fans of movies. But part of the fun, I think, is to be able to poke fun at things, discuss things. But I, I don't come from an angle of disgust, hate, or too much cynicism. There's been times when I was younger I might have, all right? But especially now, as I get older, I know I'm not as old as some of you, but I'm a lot older than many of you. It's all about celebration to me. It's all about, like I say, the greatest time to be a Star Wars fan is right now because there's so much stuff. And even though there's, there's things I don't like, all right? I, I wasn't a fan of New Dawn. I didn't think it was the best novel and, and maybe the greatest choice to start the new canon. But you know what? There's things in it that I really liked. There's things in it I really, really loved and great characters in it. So I'm gonna, I have the ability to say, overall, not a... F- Huge fan of the book, but there's things in it that are needed and excite me, and and I like it. I, the Marvel comics are a good example. I've said it time and time again. I love going to my comic shop about every Saturday, every other Saturday, and there's a there's a bevy of Star Wars comics on my pull list waiting for me. But I don't think all of them are perfect. I don't expect them all to be, but that doesn't mean I'm going to throw out the Jedi with the bathwater there. I'm going to still have fun because I'm a Star Wars fan. I just launched uh, the show Watching Thrones on Screen Junkies Plus. Yeah, cheap plug. If you like Game of Thrones and haven't heard it, slide over there. It's on podcast form, too, on a lot of areas. But in in starting a show, discussing a show, which, again, media discussion, I I don't like coming from the point of knocking a show. I'm not going to watch a show. If I hate a show that much, I don't hate watch things too much. I, 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 if I do, it's for an episode, and I'm, I'm on. I don't hate watch movies. I don't hate read anything. I don't hate play anything. I just don't come from a point of hate. So I enjoy Game of Thrones. Does that mean it's perfect? No. So I'll, I'll get in there, and I'll media discuss, and I'll tear apart, and I'll say the Dorn storyline ain't my favorite, but you know what? I kind of like the choice they made here, and I come from a point of enjoyment, and I see far too many people just want to come from the cynical hate burn down the forest point of view. They're like the Empire going to Endor. They just want to burn it all down, take it, and make it their own miserable uh, world to live in. I don't like that. And, I, and and since I started Jedi Alliance with Maude Garrett back in the days, uh, Schmoes No Network turned Popcorn Talk Network, we made a point. It's in the tagline of the show that is still being used today by John Roca and Mark Donica and Scrimshaw after me. A celebration of the greatest saga ever told. I wish I could take it over with me to Force Center, but it's theirs. It's theirs and it makes sense. Maude Garrett and I wanted to really impress upon people that we have fun being Star Wars fans. So that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to have fun and we wanted to celebrate because this is an important thing in my life. Star Wars is something that is so ingrained in my life and has been for so long. Did I hate the prequels for a long time? Yeah, you know what? I was one of those cynical bastards that hated the prequels. And there is a lot to dislike in the prequels. The execution of the prequels still falls short. But it was uh, my growing friendship with Joseph Scrimshaw over the last couple of years, and then hosting a show where we started out. Make no mistake, Maud Garrett and I started out snickering and making a little fun of the prequels. And a lot of you out there didn't like it. A lot of you agreed, but a lot of you were like, hold on. So we had to adjust, and then I started becoming friends with Joseph Scrimshaw, who likes the prequels, defends the prequels, gets what they are. It's uh, sometimes lost in those discussions. He gets what they are. 
But, uh, you know, he says there's a lot of things to join him. And I remember being dubious at first, but he was right because secretly there was a lot I loved about each movie. There was a lot of things in each movie that I thought, you know what, that is definitely Star Wars. And it should be part of the Star Wars thing. That's why I don't want 7, 8, and 9 to have zero references to the prequels. Give me some prequels. Put, like I've said before, put me, put Luke on the boo. Do some of that stuff. I am okay with those things existing. They're being part, uh, them being part of the universe. Because I like to come from a point of celebration. And since I've been on Jedi Lines, moved over to Force Center, talked with you all, had fun celebrating Star Wars with you all. I wanted to pause and give all of you, the fine listeners of Spotlight Star Wars, the fine listeners of Force Center and Data Bank Brawl and the Jedi Beat and the shows to come, I hope. I want to give you a big hand and a big thanks and a show of gratitude for celebrating with us. We don't get tweets and messages uh, from you guys of hate. Sometimes debate, but there's not a lot of cynicism. Not a lot of hate from you guys, and that is a great thing. Now, hey, we're small. Maybe if we get bigger, and God willing, I hope we do. But uh, with bigger things, a little bit more of that comes along. As the schmoes know, movie show, into show, has grown uh, and become a little more popular, you start to see more of it. The trolls jump on, the haters jump on. And uh, like I said, I work for Screen Junkies. We're blessed with over 5 million subscribers to our YouTube channel. And unfortunately, that brings out a lot of hate, a lot of not reasonable people. You have to learn to weed through the comments to find the truth. And there's a lot of fans out there. So, hey, you know, maybe, Lord willing, the Force Center podcast feed grows big, and then some haters jump on. But I'll never forget the core. I'll never forget you guys now for letting us celebrate and celebrating along the way. It is fun, and I don't get it. I'm seeing a lot of it with Game of Thrones. Is it a perfect show? Is it as as perfect as it might have been in season one? No, but I'm seeing people just so ready to hate things, and I don't like to celebrate. Well, it's not celebrating, huh? I don't like to have my fandom shouldn't come from that point of view. Shouldn't come the point of, from the point of view of cynicism and doubt. If I'm on board, I'm going to give you the benefit of that doubt. I'm a Star Wars fan. So when Marvel says we're launching a whole new line of comics, I'm going to give them the benefit of doubt. When, when Saina Solo walked down at the end of an uh, issue and revealed herself as Han Solo's husband or wife, excuse me, that, that got me a little ruffled. But you know what? I gave them the benefit of the doubt. It's paid off. It's, a, it's an interesting character that shows up from time to time. And it's, it's an interesting wrinkle to the Star Wars story. I still have sometimes trouble accepting that what's in the comics now is complete, 100% canon, but it, it, it's, uh, that's, my, that's my thing. That's not theirs. Um, but overall, I enjoy it. Overall, I enjoy what they're doing, and I think that is what is uh, the best way to approach. And I wanted to pause for a moment and thank you all for allowing us here, Force Center, to celebrate Star Wars. So hashtag me at Spotlight Star Wars at Catnapsock and at Force Center Pod. Hashtag why you agree with us. Celebration is the better point of view. A certain point of view. And hashtag some of your favorite memories. Spotlight Star Wars. Hashtag me some of your favorite memories. If you can fit it in 140 characters or less. Being a Star Wars fan. That's what we do here. This is my conversation to you. And speaking of celebrating, I want to celebrate when they finally announce that they're going to make an Obi-Wan Kenobi in the desert movie. 
this comes up time and time again with me, and I'm not going to stop, and I'm especially not going to stop because I saw the article that was on Collider.com just this week that Ewan McGregor, while promoting uh, his uh, latest movie, uh, which is Last Days in the Desert, similar to the movie we want, right? Right, Kenobi fans? He clarified, because some of the earlier press uh, in an interview with Collider made it think that, hey, we're closer to a Kenobi movie than we think, or he definitely wants to do one. That's been clear. But it kind of said, uh, kind of gave the idea that he was campaigning. At least Ewan McGregor thought he was giving people the idea that he was campaigning. So he clarified again with Collider, saying, hey, if they asked me to, I would be happy to. But it looks like I'm campaigning for it just because I get asked about it all the time. So I'd like to be known that I don't bring it up. At these interviews of my own free will, I only respond to questions I'm asked to, and I don't, don't know anything about it. They've never approached me about it. Now, in previous interviews, I got the sense, guess I was wrong, Maybe he's pulling it back, but I got the sense that he had met with Kathleen Kennedy. I thought I swore I, I saw that. Maybe I was just dreaming. Maybe it was a forced dream. So check that out, that article on Collider a little bit more. Uh, um, but if you and McGregor, ever the gentleman, is not going to campaign for this movie, I'm fine with that. I get it. He's got to play that game. He can't be a little pestering gnat. can't be a gun dark in their ear. He's got to let it happen. Let the fates fall where they may. But I think we as fans, we can campaign. We can campaign. I want an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Whether it be standalone or a new trilogy, I don't think it needs to be a trilogy. Give me one good Obi-Wan Kenobi in the desert movie. Put Ewan McGregor in the beard and the cloak again. Give him his lightsaber back. Send him into the Moss Eisley Cantina to drink. I want this movie. And if you want this movie, maybe some of you don't. And I'm willing to hear. A lot of people say, hey, what's going to happen? He's just going to be in the desert all this time? I think there's a lot, a lot to deal with. All right. I think there's a lot going on inside him, and I know that would necessarily wouldn't make a great movie, but there's a lot going on inside him, and I think there's there's things, there's story, there's part of the plot that you can uh, you can put out there and make a great movie. I want to know those years. I want to know what happens in those years. The Marvel comics have started to hint at it. There were some non-canon books before that I've heard are, are decent enough. Non-canon stories are decent enough. But we got new canon, so we need a new story. And as Scrimshaw and I always say, it is the perfect time. You have the right actor at the right age, at the right time, at the right fever pitch for Star Wars fandom. Disney, you got to do this movie. What hashtag should we make it to make this happen? We've, we've got to. Is it hashtag Disney Obi-Wan? Is that the one? I don't know. I'll tell you what. We'll do a little contest here. We'll start it, start it on Spotlight Star Wars. It will carry over to Force Center, the main show. I'll talk to Scrimshaw. I'll talk to Landa. And I'll see what we can do. So maybe the hashtag this week to Spotlight Star Wars, other than your memories, a celebration, and the reasons you celebrate over hate, hashtag Spotlight Star Wars, hell, hashtag Force Center. Doesn't matter. Do them all. Do them both. And propose the hashtag that we need to start to campaign as fans for Obi-Wan Kenobi to get his standalone movie. I'm dubious about the Han Solo movie, but I'll be there. I'll watch it. It seems like they got a good handle on it. Miller and Lord, I have faith in. 
I don't want a Boba Fett movie, but I'll be there. They got my money. I'll absolutely be there. And you know, it'll, I'll probably go, ooh, cool, if they end up making that movie. But you have that slot. You've seen Marvel Disney change paths, whether it be creative teams. And they've already had to do that with Trank pulling off this uh, second anthology film. Let's, let, let's not forget that. Marvel just recently did it with uh, changing the, the release of the Inhumans movie. Pulling it off the slate, might come back Phase 4, might come back some other point in time. Maybe it's a TV show, spinoff of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They made a change. You have to, because Spider-Man happened, and they weren't planning on that. So, I don't know. If you and McGregor can't campaign, maybe it's time for us to campaign. You hashtag into us at Spotlight Star Wars, hashtag Force Center, and pitch the hashtag that we need. It's got to be snappy. It's got to be catchy. It's got to get our point across. Movements have started with less people. Yeah, there's more important movements out there, but this is our movement because we're fans that want to celebrate Star Wars, and I, for one, think we need to celebrate the story of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the desert. Maybe I'm just the crazy old wizard. I understand. I can accept that if that's the case. But now's the time. Let's try This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. To get this going, let's band together. Let's have a million voices. Hashtag at once. Give us Obi Wan. But Disney has to see it. We got to get to them somehow, some way. Come on, I have faith in you. I also use Spotlight Star Wars, the hashtag, uh, to conversate with you. That's right. I use the term conversate. This is a conversation with you, and you guys always ask some great questions. We had some great ones last week I didn't get to, uh, so I do want to address some of those in this week's conversation piece. Aiden at insta- underscore installation 04 checks back in. Haven't heard from him in a while here. Could the anthology films have post-credit scenes, or would that be flying too close to the Marvel sun? I, for one, hope no Star Wars movie ever has a post-credit scene. Uh, I do think it's too close to the Marvel sun. It's too close to the superhero genre. It is, it is, it is, I, I just don't need it. Um, if it happens and it's cool, all right, yay, it's cool. We don't need it. I'm taking that stance now. I just, we, we don't, it's from another, Star Wars is from another era. Superhero movies, they have it. It just, it's a, it's, I'm not a huge fan of the post-credit scenes anyways. They're funny. The Deadpool ones are great. The shawarma scene, great. The first reveal at the end of Iron Man, awesome. They serve a purpose. But right now, it's become too expected. They really can't stop them. It's too expected. And it just comes off as a commercial for the next movie. Get it. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's probably what you have to do. Star Wars, particularly the anthology films, I just don't think you need that. And I want to keep Star Wars kind of as it was. From another era of filmmaking. Yeah, I know there's people out there who aren't familiar with Rogue Ones. Maybe there might have been a a need for a a teaser clip at the end of Force Awakens. But it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have fit, right? Uh, Do we need something at the end of Rogue One that's maybe pitching us Han Solo? Uh, I hope not. I hope not. And do we need something from 8? No, it wouldn't tie into 8. Aiden's a great question, though. And that's my answer. Nope. Flying too close to the Marvel sun. Keep that where it's at. Bill the Rock. Your fave friendo is his Twitter handle. Your fave friendo. Bill the Rock checks in. How possible is it that Ray loses her hand in episode eight? Hmm. Bill, that's a great question. You are now my favorite friendo. Friendo. I... Absolutely think it's a good possibility that at the end of all this, Ray loses a limb. Right? It's kind of a Star Wars tradition. 
Did we get a limb in Force Awakens? Unkar plot was supposed to. In the novel, he loses a limb. Nothing in the movie stands out. Oh my gosh. I'm drawing a blank. I've only seen it seven times. I'm flipping, kids. I'm flipping. But yeah, I could see Ray losing hand. That actually makes sense, and I actually kind of think that'd be cool. Yeah, I know. I get it. Similar, right? Too similar to Star Wars. Too similar to the story we, we've, we've seen before. But hey, Star Wars is a circle, right? It's a big ring. It's a poem. It stanzas. It rhymes. I could see some people not wanting Ray losing her hand. A little bit too, uh, we've seen this before. But I could get behind it. I'm taking weird stances tonight, aren't I? I can get behind that. I don't need Ray to lose her hand, but I think it'd be kind of cool. Hey, maybe Luke takes her off, her off her hand in some kind of training accident. Kidding, 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 not kidding, nope, kidding. Kylo's going to want revenge. She gave him a nice, nasty face scar. <laughs> How great was that fight in Force Awakens? Dear God, I just thought about that. I might watch that again tonight. I'm recording this on a Friday night alone in my room. I don't care. I'm talking Star Wars with you. I might watch Force Awakens again. I might just skip to the lightsaber fight between Rey and Kylo Ren. How awesome was that? Really enjoyed it. Really nicely done. Perhaps. Where would you rank that as lightsaber fights in Star Wars? And you conclude the, the, the animated shows. I don't know. Is it too much? Uh, I wasn't planning to talk about this tonight. Is it too much to put that Ray Kylo Ren lightsaber fight? And let's give Finn his due. Finn got a shot in on Kylo, all right? I don't like Finn being overlooked. Finn is a brave kid, and he stepped up to the plate. Not a force user that we know of. Not familiar with the lightsaber that we know of. Though, hey, Ray wasn't either. I get it, I get it, I get it. But that was a great fight. Is it too much to say it's the second best cinematic lightsaber fight behind the Return of the Jedi, Vader, Luke fight? Because that's, that's to me, the number one because of the emotional undertones, the, the, the great classic shot, which might be my favorite shot and sequence in all of Star Wars. Um, the choral music behind it, the, 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 the choir singing. The Jedi lightsaber fight's my favorite. Empire is Empire, and it's got some iconic Star Wars shots in it, too. And the reveal of Vader being Luke's father. I mean, that's tough, too. All right. I guess I have to put it three. All right, I convinced myself. I convinced myself. The Sith lightsaber fight is good. I really like it. Anakin, Obi-Wan, great. I like it. I, I'm okay with the high ground stuff. A little weird that Obi-Wan leaves his friend to just burn and die and not kill him out of sympathy. I, I would have maybe finished the job, but I get it. He's conflicted. That was his, his Padawan learner. There's a lot of emotions right in there. But the fight, at times, does, does kind of veer towards the fantastic, even with their force powers. I'm like, would they have landed all square on that little robot in the lava? I don't know. But it was a great fight. I'm behind it. Darth Maul. Versus Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan is cool. It's cool, but it's it's still, for me, doesn't have the emotional pack. It's, it, pack. It, it's definitely a, um, 
definitely a great fight. It's definitely the best part of Phantom Menace, and, and it should belong. It's one of the first things I think anyone can kind of agree. I didn't like the prequels, yeah, but the Darth Maul stuff was pretty cool. Attack the Clones, not much in there that I think... Uh, you know, Yoda, again, cool more than the best. Cool moment. A lot of people don't like it. Attack the Clones, the Yoda-Dooku fight. Uh, Christopher Lee limited, even with the stunt double limited. So I think, almost by default, Ray, Kylo, a little bit of Finn, might rank number three in the cinematic lightsaber fights. And then if you want to expand it, like I said, possibly to the animated stuff, um, there's a lot there to choose from. But it, it, it animated, admittedly, doesn't have the same impact. Sorry, I lost, I lost my train of thought because sometimes I have these waves of Force Awakens emotion. And how much I really did enjoy it. Which again goes back to the first thing I talked about today. Celebrating. Was The Force Awakens perfect? No. But if you focused on that, you might be the problem, not the filmmakers. Jennifer Poe checks in at Jen the Jedi 90. Jennifer Poe. Related to Poe, Jennifer? Maybe. She says, hey, thoughts on Snoke being a will? Jennifer, I like that question a lot. I don't have a great big dramatic answer for it, but she is, of course, referring to the wills, the wills. And I'm pulling out here because I have it just laying about because that's the kind of Jedi nerd I am. I have the Star Wars from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker, a novel by George Lucas in front of me, and it is uh, the prologue. The prologue, uh, Another Galaxy, Another Time. The Old Republic was a republic of legend, greater than distance or time. No need to note where it was or whence it came, only to know that it was the Republic. Once under the wise rule of the Senate and the protection of the Jedi Knights, the Republic throve and grew. But as often happens when wealth and power pass beyond the admirable and attain the awesome, then appear those evil ones who have greed to match. Goes on and on and on and on, and it says, From the first saga, Journal of the Wills, has a quote, They were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Naturally, they became heroes. Leia Organa of Alderaan, Senator. I've told this story before, bears repeating. I grew up reading that, reading that prologue, reading this novel several times, and thinking, well, where the hell is the Journal of the Wills? I've got to go find this in a bookstore. And I'd take my whole, my poor mom around to use bookstores in town. My hometown of Aurora Grande in San Luis Obispo, Pismo Beach. We'd head over to Nan's Used Books. All those places up to San Luis Obispo. There's some used bookstores up there. And I'd be looking around. I need the Journal of the Wills. People be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's a Star Wars book. Journal of the Wills. It's, it's in the first Star Wars novel. It mentions it. It's a book. It was only years later that I gathered what it was. It was from a uh, a bigger concept that Lucas had, and, and uh, how Star Wars conquered the universe by our good friend Chris Taylor uh, goes into some of that stuff, too. And the Wills, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, and I'm going on the fly tonight, but the Wills kind of storytellers. It's kind of the, the legends. Maybe this is kind of a story passed on down. And the Wills are the one telling you the story. Maybe it's R2 telling the Wills the story. You don't know. But could Snoke be a Will? I, I don't think he would be. I don't think he could be. I still think he's more of a nod to Plagueis than he is Plagueis. But 
I gotta say, Jennifer, if at some point in episode 8 or episode 9, Snoke is revealed to be a will, my head might explode. Boom. Spontaneous combustion. Because that would be the ultimate kind of fan servicey deep canon reference that would be a mind-blown, literally, figuratively, I don't know if I could leave the theater for a while after the movie. I would love it. Again, don't bet on that, kids. Maybe don't bet ever. But I, I would love it. Jennifer, it's a great poll. It's a great tweet. A great question. One more, huh? Chase McLean at CM McLean 15. He checks in. Would it be better for standalone Star Wars films if we don't see Vader and Leia in Rogue One? It's a good question, Chase, because I've talked about before, my excitement for Rogue One is great, and has it quite frankly always been great since I heard the concept. But I, I just kind of assumed Vader and Leia and Tarkin and all those people wouldn't be in it. Now maybe that's not so much, at least with Vader. We might get Tarkin. Leia makes some sense. Claudia Gray's book, Lost Stars, there's that great chapter. you got to read it if you haven't already. Um, great chapter in there. Where, where are they talking? The, the events of Rogue One are happening in that book. And Leia's involved. She's in that book. And there's a great passage. It's great stuff. Check it out. And uh, it definitely connects. Would it be better for the Star Wars standalone films if we didn't see them? In a way, Yes. In the way these movies need to completely be in their own universe, but unfortunately, say the Han Solo one, I could see that movie not having anybody, including our friend Boba Fett, not having anyone from the other movies other than Han, Chewie, maybe Lando. The rest are all new. It's a new universe, same universe, but new story, I should say. And I'd be happy with it. I think we'd be okay. But Rogue One is set so close to the events that originally my take would be, hey, yeah, it would be better. Let these ones stand on their own. I don't need you to kind of reboot or rehash some of this stuff. It's like a backdoor reboot. Get a new young Princess Leia. Maybe we kind of back our way into a new version of New Hope. Jokes of Force Awakens aside. But now I got to say I'm okay with it. And I actually think it makes Rogue One better. I don't want them to be the main characters, though. I think Rebels does a great job. As much as I can sometimes pick apart that Puffer Pig show, overall, again, because I come from a point of celebration, I really love what they, some of the things they did in Rebels this year, and the use of Vader was perfect. Came down to him in the end with, with, with Ahsoka, but he didn't dominate. The Inquisitors are stand-ins. General Callus kind of a stand-in. Tarkin might show up. Vader might show up. They're definitely part of the universe. The Emperor is part of that universe. Obviously, it's of the time. We are during the reign of the Empire. But he doesn't dominate, and the story's allowed to stand on its own. The characters, the new characters, good and bad, are allowed to live or die on their own with us fans. And I think they've done a great job with that. And what we've gotten from Vader is awesome. If for whatever reason you haven't watched Rebels, go back. Season 1 and 2. Definitely watch it. I think you need to watch it as Star Wars fans. And the Vader stuff is absolutely some of my favorite. Because it's a Vader that we kind of never got to see. It's a fully functional, no conflict, not Anakin turning Vader, no killing of younglings. It's Vader as we kind of always grew up wanting to, to believe. 
existed because we, quite frankly, didn't get a lot of that. By the middle of Empire, Vader's conflicted. New Hope, it's different. Again, Lucas had to make that movie and have that story be that story. He couldn't, maybe didn't even know to hint at conflict in Vader and New Hope. So that's the most on screen, cinematic wise, that we get with Vader being Vader. But even then, what's the tally? Darth Vader's in New Hope for like a total of 18 minutes or some small, unbelievable number when you go back and look at it. So Rebels Vader is Vader, the Vader we want. So in Rogue One, I if Vader works his way in and he is the big, bad, evil, dark dude who does some impressive things, I'm fine with that. And I'm fine with Rogue One having that. Leia, again, small. It's a weird. You're recasting a role with a face on it. We're not going to see Vader. You can put anyone in that cape and that cowl. As long as you don't see his face, we can believe. James Earl Jones is doing the voice even better, as he is in Rebels. So, Chase, to try to answer your best your question as most directly as I can, I, I, I think we're okay, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're asking. If you're going to do standalone films, anthology films, let them be by themselves. We don't need to fully tie it in to the Star Wars that we already know. Is, is the name Star Wars enough to do it? I don't know. That's why Rogue One, a lot riding on Rogue, Rogue One. It's going to be successful in terms of money. The way it looks right now, I think we can assume it's going to be good in terms of quality. Financially, it's going to do all right. Probably not Force Awakens numbers, but who knows? It might get there. But I'm okay with a Vader wrecking shop. I'm okay with it. Especially if somehow, some way, it leads to a Kenobi in the desert. Oh, callback. Guys, that is Spotlight Star Wars for the week. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Ken Napsuck. Follow the feed on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Don't forget we're available in different formats like Podomatic, Stitcher, and of course iTunes. And rate and review on iTunes if you can. Please take the moment. We will appreciate it. Big May 4th show coming for Center. Stay tuned for that. May the 4th is around the corner. Me, Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, and our very special guest, Emma Fife, got together. We recorded a celebratory show. It's fun. I've got to edit it soon. It's going to be good. Stay tuned for that. More databank brawls, more Force Centers. I got interviews lined up finally. For Cantina Confessions, Star Wars Ranked is coming. We're working on these things. We're just all kind of busy. Scrumption and I have other things. Landa has other things. Oh, by the way, she's raising a child. So we're all busy. We're getting to this new stuff. But I want to thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for being along for the adventure. Thank you for letting us celebrate. Don't forget, if you have a question, use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. And let's come up with a good hashtag campaign for Kenobi in the desert. Guys, it's been fun. I'm going to go watch me some Force Awakens. Until next time, may that Force thing kind of sort of always remain around you. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.